Welcome back to We Did The Talk. Today, we get really spicy. We discuss whether something that is bad in character, in nature, can be high quality. Interested? Well, hey, guess what? We need to talk. One hot take I'm going to make here, and this is like a general one, but you Mm -hmm. can have something with a great message and Mm -hmm. it be utter garbage. Like you can have something that has like the best intentions. It gives a great, you know, messaging, moral story, and Mm -hmm. it can just be incompetently made or executory, you know, whatever. And the opposite is true as well. You can have something that has a terrible message or comes from terrible people, but it's super high quality and it's just expertly made. And mm-hmm. I'll give two examples here. Uh, one I haven't actually seen personally, but so there's a song that was uh, on the radio. It was pretty popular. I don't know what it was. I, I didn't pay attention that much. But uh, Do you know the name of it? No, no. This, this Do you is, know the uh, artist? You're definitely talking about Blurred Lines. Uh, I, I don't know. But the song was something about how it is about like homosexuality and kind of like oh, getting accepted mm-hmm. and everything. So it had a really good message, right? But to me, the music was this. Same Love by Macklemore? I don't know. He's I, not going to know. I'm not going to know. It's Nathan. I, like, like I wouldn't listen to the song personally. It's, it was in the coffee shop playing all the time. But anyway, so I, I said this. It sounds like same love. I would I would assume. What other songs have been? A, what other mainstream song that would play in coffee shops is like about like gay people are cool, mm-hmm. you know? But anyway, so I, I was kind of like man. dissing the song. I didn't really know the lyrics. And then the mm-hmm. person I was talking to, well, song has a really good message though i'm like yeah, yeah but it still sucks <laughs> like it's it, it's got a good message but i don't feel like it the, the, the artist really put enough effort into the music part of it like the lyrics seem kind of like trite uh, i don't know it just didn't like strike me the right way now if it is same love i actually agree with you because whereas i do enjoy the message and i do support that message you know that we shouldn't be discriminating discriminating against people just because they're gay but he does begin that song uh, talking about you know when I was uh, when I was a kid, I really thought that I was gay because I could draw real good. And then my mom's like, "No, son, you like pussy." And I was like, "Yeah, that's right, I do like pussy." Now here's the rest of the song where I say that being gay is cool, though. <laughs> you know, <laughs> literally the beginning of the song. If you look up the same love lyrics, yeah, like he literally was like, "I thought I was gay because I could draw well." And then my mom was like, yeah. "No, you're definitely straight." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm straight." Time to celebrate the gays, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand what's wrong with that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just such a it's such a weird little anecdote to. But you I know. think what he's saying is like that whole idea is like a childish idea in and of itself. That like mm. when when we were kids, it was like the the age we were growing up in and the mindset that you're in as a child that mm-hmm. oh if I like this one thing that means everything about me is a certain way and that that's yeah. not true that that we are very diverse as human beings in general and in in populace so I think I personally like that thought that like he was he thought he was gay because of one small thing and like that's not you can't set you can't pigeonhole all gay people because yeah. All gay people like painting their nails. I liked painting my nails, so I must be gay. I th- I think that's actually a, that's like let's get out of that mindset and get into the mindset of that's like the transition period. Mm-hmm. I just and and I get what you're saying, and and I totally agree with the sentiment that 
you know, just because, yeah, just because you like having your nails painted or maybe you like wearing dresses, you know, doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to rail in the ass by a dude. Doesn't. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, dude. That's I mean, I've, you know, there are videos online that prove, you know, straight guy gets railed, you know, he's straight. The video said, it. you know, I'm straight for watching this. You know, there's nothing wrong with me watching. Um, uh, but, you know, I it is just there's just this kind of wonderful irony to the fact that he begins his like whole gays are OK song by reassuring everybody. I'm not gay. Yo, right up top. Not gay. Me. Straight dude. Time to sing about the gays, you know, like it is. And it is and weird I don't that know. the first line is I ain't a gay butt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you ever see um, did you ever see the movie Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping? It's a lonely. It's the Lonely Island movie. One of my honestly, swear to God, one of my top favorite comedies of all time. I don't know if you like Lonely Island type music. Yeah, you know, you know, Nathan, you know Lonely Island, right? You know, Dick in a Box. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they you had know. that pirate song with uh, Michael Bolton that I watched last night yeah. a few times. Yeah, this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, um, and actually, he's in the movie. He actually comes back for a song. That's an amazing song. But there's a song in the movie uh, where, you know, they, they, they actually spoof uh, the song Same Love by Macklemore, where literally Andy Samberg's like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, they said being gay was bad. I'm not gay. But like, you know, you shouldn't hate people just because they're gay. I'm not gay. And like, you know, and then it's just him just kind of rapping and it just keeps going back to him just saying not gay in between everything he says. It's pretty funny. And uh, I think Pink's on the song. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. So going back to like the original point, as Meter was saying, there might be good messaging there. And maybe there's certain mm-hmm. things that will resonate more with other people and not with, you know, others. Because like that whole aspect seemed to, you know, kind of uh, resonate with Meter, but not with uh, uh, you, Justin. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's the case. But I also think there's some sort of I don't want to be like super pretentious here, but there's a little bit of an objectivity objectivity when it comes to like a session assessing music and kind of mm-hmm. the quality of things like like to, to me the song i'm not know if it's a song you guys are talking about but it was just kind of bad uh another song that bad in what way in what way would you say uh, just super generic and just kind of it yeah. was it's kind of like to me even if it had a good message it was relying on that message to carry it and it wasn't actually relying on its own kind of like musicality it's just kind of like yeah. low effort and another example of that is there's that song by little dicky uh we are the world or something like that or no we are the world uh-huh. is the one that it was kind of taking influence which what which what earth right earth earth is that what it yeah but yeah. He, he, it's trying to like raise money and create raise awareness for like uh planet earth and kind of destroying villages i don't know what exactly but it had like a million celebrities in it and had a million celebrities and like the animation, they they put a lot of money into animation. The animation was really mm-hmm. good. I didn't like enjoy the the plot of it or whatever or like what they're doing. But there was a lot of yeah. effort in the animation. But I just felt like this this song like they wrote in like half a half a day and like oh this is good enough. It you know we're gonna run the message yeah. here and we're not gonna have any like good quality in this. It, it just I don't know. This seemed like trash quality to me. I mean, I I like Little Dicky. I don't like all of his songs. That is not one of the songs I'm like into of his. I do agree that it was more of a charity single, and I think that's fine. You know, because the whole thing was like we got to take care of the earth. This is our home. You know, we need to 
you know, acknowledge global warming as a thing that exists. I don't have any, I don't take any issue with it, but yeah, it's not something that I'm like listening to for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a couple songs, you know, um, especially I'm waiting for him. His, I don't know if you saw the first season of his TV show, Dave, but I'm still waiting for all of the songs from the first season to actually make their way to like Spotify mm-hmm. because he, he had, he had enough songs to make like a pretty dope album. And he never released any of them, but there's some amazing songs in there. Mm-hmm. And I want to take up the opposite point I made with you can have people who are terrible or you can have movies with bad messaging or even songs with bad messaging. But are actually mm-hmm. like really well made and really good. Uh, yeah. I, so Mel Gibson, you gave that example. Mel Gibson has mm-hmm. done. I haven't seen most of his movies, but I know that a lot of people really love his movies, especially mm-hmm. the ones from the past. Like, uh, was he Braveheart? Is that right? Braveheart, yeah, that's one of yeah, that's one of his movies. So a lot of people like these are like classic movies that people will kind of hold up. And you can kind of go to this other stuff. Like uh, there's that guy who wrote Ender's Game, and I don't know much about that book or anything, but you know people love it. Like people who yeah. even kind of hate the author of it still say the book's really good. And well, then, I, I don't think the issue is with Ender's Game. I think it's like the sequel. The sequel has some. I, I don't know exactly what, but I I remember reading about it. The sequel has some really messed up stuff in it. I think the the original book Ender's Game is pretty good, but I think it's either homophobic or transphobic or something like that. Mm-hmm. That you know the or or sexist. I don't know exactly uh, that the the second book like gets into. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And just one more point, and I don't know this like firsthand, but uh, I was listening to some film podcast. I don't know why, but this is like a couple years back, and mm-hmm. they're talking about like this is like a cinematography kind of nerd, and he yeah. said that he was going through like some uh, some like Nazi made movies, like Nazi propaganda pieces, and he was yeah. just kind of looking at it, and it's like like these are some of like the greatest like German like filmmakers messaging yeah. terrible right but the work and like the the framing and the all the cinematography they did was just like mm-hmm. top tier the acting was great and he's like yeah. you know these are like masterpieces but they're like awful like the awful shit yeah I mean like uh, Triumph of the Will right like Triumph of the Will was for its time you know it is Nazi propaganda it is Nazis are dope you know check out the Nazis well, look at us march you know we rule you know and it's it's really fucked up but it's also for the for its time was just one of the most impressive pieces of you know cinematography and just kind of like and so much though that like you can actually draw direct comparisons from that movie to like the end of the original star wars like a new hope like the win at the end when all the rebels are are marching and they're having like the big grand celebration like we destroyed the death star like literally like that actually cribs some Mm. of triumph of the will you know i mean you know i mean horrible people can make great art you know i mean you know i i'm not you know obviously i'm not like a big fan of kevin spacey but i mean i still consider american beauty an amazing movie you know and you know he still was in a lot of fantastic productions not house of cards that that show was a piece of shit but um (laughs) that show just really really was a lost opportunity uh but you know i mean it's you know it is like for example some people despise michael jackson you know some people you know based on what he was accused of could not listen to his music i on the other hand i still listen to billy jean you will take billy jean from me you will pry it from my cold dead hands like i <laughs> i love i love that song i love a lot of his music you know mm-hmm. I, I feel like i'm able to separate a lot of times the 
you know, ethicality of certain things is kind of see it as like, yeah. uh, I, I don't know, like you're, you're giving examples of Bojack Horseman, which I, I've never seen that show. Mm-hmm. But there's other similar shows where characters maybe are they do a lot of bad things. But for mm-hmm. me, it's not really about liking the character or disliking. It's more about understanding them and kind of the seeing mm-hmm. as a thing. And kind of see that with things just more generally. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to speak for you, Meter, but I'm going to make a prediction here. I think you probably have a hard time separating those two. And only based off, off the fact that uh, we've talked, has a conversation about hot girls. Like, if a hot girl has a bad personality, <laughs> she's not a hot girl. <laughs> so, d- tell me if I'm wrong in that. That I can't enjoy a bad character? Like, an, an evil character? Not that you can't enjoy an evil character, but that it's hard for you to separate the, say, ethicality of something with, <sighs> like, if something has a bad message that kind of taints it into a bad, like, bad overall. Yeah, for sure. It can have good things about it, but overall it's bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- and yeah. that's my best guess there. Is there like a, is that, is that just like intuitive sort of thing, or is that something you've thought out? There, there is a 0% chance I would ever say that something that's Nazi propaganda is good. Like, <laughs> it has good, it has great cinematography, mm-hmm. but is it good? Yeah. There is no way I could ever, ever, ever I mean, say yeah. yes to that. That's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's no, not like a movie. Court. It's like, oh, you guys want to watch something? Oh, how about a uh, Triumph of the Will <laughs> from, mm-hmm. you know, from the 40s mm-hmm. in German production? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> you can watch Schindler's List first. It's way better, man. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're right in that regard. I don't but I, I don't feel like that's really. Uh, uh, and maybe it's because we took it to eleven with Nazis, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like that's necessarily something that is uncommon. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I think there's a bit of a distancing with that as well because, like, you don't really want to be associated with that sort of thing, and also you don't really have much interest for that sort of thing, right? If it's for something, Nazis, right? Well, I'm, I'm talking more generally. Like, we're getting way too. I'm, I made a specific example. Let's get more general here with this, like, bad stuff. Like, say, Mel Gibson. It's weird. You don't like Nazis or something? Uh, I don't know. So, so Okay, but, Mel Gibson, yeah. So, okay. Uh, so, Mel Gibson, like, maybe he did some things that were bad. Or let's say Louis C.K. Uh, you know, some people will debate that. But let's say Louis C.K. did some things that were bad. Some people... Yeah, put, hypothetically, Louis C.K. did some things that were bad. Yeah. Just, you know, let's pretend. Let's pretend. You know? So, so <laughs> some people will watch, you know, like uh, Justin here, like, they will take part in their new, say, endeavors because they really enjoy the person or the quality of the work is greater than the immorality that happened and maybe they've done enough to kind of, like, obfuscate from that. But some people, like... It, it's just kind of like done after that. Like anything this do- person does after is tainted by this previous thing and they can't enjoy it. And I'm, I'm kind of getting the sense you're more on that, like it's tainted sort of side. No, I mean, uh, not not necessarily because I'm, I subscribe to Death of the Artist. So it's like once, you know, uh, J.K. Rowling said uh, is an awful uh, for her transphobic bullshit, but Harry Potter is amazing. Like, I don't think you can, I can separate those two things cleanly to say now the, the sketchy part gets in when you're talking about actually supporting the artist by doing things that are going to put money into the pocket of somebody who's shitty. That's when it starts to get sketchy. But as if I already own the movie and JK Rowling comes out and says something transphobic, 
I still like the fucking movie. It's still an amazing movie with an amazing message, and uh, it, it doesn't. It, that's not going to completely taint it. Now, if she came out and was a Nazi, we'd have it to talk. Yeah, I, I'm kind of yeah. I, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, for example, part of why I'll defend you know my listening to Michael Jackson is because dude's dead. You know, dude, you know, he has he has already wrapped up his time in the simulation. You know, he's already like had the exit interview and explained his actions to the guy with the clipboard running everything, you know, Mm -hmm. like, for example, you know, R. Kelly is somebody who I purposely went through like my Spotify starred list. And I like took it was a sad day when I took Ignition Remix off of my Spotify starred list. And and listen, trust me, the moment R. Kelly dies, goddamn, you know, it's, it's going to be like, boop, boop. it's going to give me that, toot, toot, you know, like yeah. I am going to fucking add all my all the R. Kelly songs that I loved back to my Spotify starred list. Same with uh. You know, Chris Brown. I don't like Chris Brown. Uh, I don't think one. I don't. Uh, I, there's maybe like two songs of his that I like. I super enjoy. Um, but you know, he's another person just based on the things that I've known him to do. I do not want to support him in a way that he is making money off of me financially. Even even with a Spotify spin. You know, even with the zero. You know, the point zero 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 one cent he gets off of every time I play one of his songs on Spotify. I don't want to support him even that much. You know. And, uh, you know, but it's different for everybody. And I wouldn't get in somebody's face about, you know, oh, oh, you bought the Louis C.K. special. Well, yeah, man, because I have I wanted to see what it was like. You know, I wanted to see what that special was like. I mean, at this point, you could probably pirate if you really uh, if you're really curious. I, I bought it because I just didn't want to I didn't want to have to go onto a shady website and, you know, potentially, you know, infect my computer with malware, you know, but I bought it and I liked maybe I would say two thirds of it. Um, I do think, though, when he actually in this special, he actually like tackles his Me Too stuff, and he does it in the worst way possible, where he shows no remorse, he doesn't really kind of show any kind of forgiveness, or he doesn't give any sort of apology. What he does is just goes, I guess Obama knows my thing now, womp womp, and just kind of moves on, and I was like, man, he really handled that poorly. He really did not do a good job. He had a, a, you know, versus, like, I don't know if you saw Aziz Ansari's stand-up special from a couple years ago, I think it was, like, in uh, 2019. It was called Right Now, and it was his first special after, you know, his Me Too thing, which I think is a much lower level than Louis, and I think it's something that he shouldn't be, like, you know, cast away forever for. Um, but he, even even with way less of like a quote unquote crime, right? If you see the way that he handled it, he like talks about it. He doesn't make it into a womp womp type of punchline. He just addresses it, you know, and he says, listen, I just want to, you know, there's an elephant in the room. I just want to address it. And so we can move on. You know, I, you know, I really wish, you know, I hadn't done this, you know, um, at the end of the day, it just really upsets me to know that like I hurt this person, 
and I was shitty and I'm extremely sorry for that. And I hope that, you know, if she's watching or whoever's watching, I hope that you know how much, you know, I, you know, I regret my actions that night, et cetera, et cetera. And really does a good job of like owning it. He owns the behavior. He doesn't make excuses for his behavior. He doesn't write it off as, well, that's just my kink. You know, like he really takes, you know, full credit for the bad shit he did and apologizes and, you know, and and then moves on. Whereas Louis C.K. is just like, yeah, Mm. I'm just I I like I have a specific kink. And uh, now Obama knows about it, I guess. Right, right. It's really bad. It's really disappointing. As somebody who was like rooting for him to like hopefully come back and like bounce back and like because he was like for a few years he was Louis really was like a super woke dude and had some you know like especially like I don't know if you ever heard Louis a bit about um you know it's kind of ironic now when you think about it but he had this whole bit about like you know uh, no historically nobody has been you know more dangerous to women than men you know historically you know men are you know the 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 worst thing that's ever happened to women you know and uh and like you know and and he has or like he had this other bit where uh he says like you know if somebody calls you an asshole you don't get to be like no i no i'm not i'm not an asshole if somebody thinks you're an asshole that's something that you need to like think about and acknowledge you know and you need to like wrestle with that about yourself you know because you made somebody think you're an asshole you know and it was kind of funny that he couldn't even apply his own good advice to himself you know at least that's how it kind of kind of came across to me right right where i kind of struggle is uh is actually another comedian uh bill cosby i mean that one's pretty obvious but (laughs) yeah the guy who's in jail for his crimes what what he did (laughs) like i can still find louis ck very enjoyable without like all of his previous jokes all of his previous work uh there is some recontextualization but even more so with bill cosby because like like he had a lot of jokes in his uh in his tv show <laughs> but also in his specials that were kind of shady like that i mean a yeah. lot of it was just family friendly but then he, he starts saying this and kind of recontextualizes everything he's saying it's not just like he's a good guy joking about some pervy things every once in a while it's just kind of like this guy's a freak what the fuck yeah i mean literally yeah i mean with bill cosby i think it's it's pretty easy you know some of these like i've i've heard people argue on both sides of louis ck right that you know well what he did was bad but it wasn't like you know harvey weinstein bad it wasn't like bloody bloody blah bad it wasn't like r kelly bad and you know i think you could definitely make that argument with like bill cosby it's pretty open and shut i mean he was accused by way too many women for it to be like out of nowhere you know like when you have like 30 to 40 women that are like he did this shit to me and then you have like audio of him and video of him from like the 60s and 70s you know either on his album we have audio on his album talking about spanish fly and then an interview he did i think in like the 70s i think with like johnny carson or somebody where he's like yeah spanish fly baby you just put it in the drinks they go out like a light wap, wap, wap. it's the 70s you know women aren't people you know like it's it's i mean i in my opinion it's pretty it's pretty open and shut there you know he's mm. horrible person you know really i would never even when he dies i'm not gonna like you know go back and listen to any old bill cosby albums i don't think i'd even uh go back and like watch any well maybe i'd go back and watch the cosby show because you know there was a at, at least with that there was like a whole bunch of people who worked on that and that was like a very important show for like 
you know, just kind of black history and, you know, like it, it in its time, it, it, it did, it was extremely important for like the way that it portrayed black people in America, you know? And I think like that, you know, this that's kind of how I feel about um Michael Jackson's music as well. It's like, yeah, before this guy, like uh, a black dude couldn't be the king of pop, you know? And I'd hate for that legacy you know, to just go by the wayside, you know, and that to just end or that, you know, that to die off just because this person might have done, you know, this horrible thing, which, you know, I mean, it would be different if he got like convicted for it, but he was never, he was never actually convicted, you know? I have, I have, I don't know. I have, I have a lot of feelings about Michael Jackson. <laughs> also that, that documentary got fact checked to hell. So... <laughs> Uh, you You talked about art that has a good message but is poorly crafted and the reverse well crafted but a shitty message what about stuff that is like is well crafted and has a good message but is just poorly executed on um, my biggest example would be the song Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. If you've ever heard Leonard Cohen's version, holy shit, that's one of the worst recordings I've ever fucking listened to. But then you listen to literally anybody else in history do it, and every mm-hmm. single time somebody covers that song, it's a number one. Every single fucking time. It's been like, it's been number one like 10 plus times, uh, by 10 different people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, amazing, amazing work. Just really shitty, shittily done by the original artist. So, is the differentiation there like the source material was good, but the executions is poor? Kind of like Avatar: The Last Airbender movie. Like the source material was good, but then they just butchered it in the execution. <laughs> like somebody having a, a an artistic out of body experience, where they're able to produce something that is way above their own level. Like, I made something so amazing, even I can't perform it. And then literally everybody else in history can do a better job than you. And everyone's like, this is an amazing piece of work. You just fucking sucked at performing it. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, uh, a lot of Bob Dylan songs were like that. Like, like Bob Dylan's come up with so many great songs. Uh, I think all along the Watchtower, uh, Jimi Hendrix covered that. And he did far better than uh, Bob Dylan. And then uh, knocking at heaven's door, a bunch of people covered that, and they did it way better. So I think that's the thing for, for certain. Knocking on heaven's door wasn't that? Was that not? That was you Bob Dylan. I thought that was. You know, it's funny that <laughs> you brought up Leonard Cohen. I just googled it because I was like, I thought oh, Jeff Buckley did that. I thought Jeff Buckley did. I thought I was like, oh no, it was a Leonard Cohen cover. I just thought that uh, Jeff Buckley's version was just so great that I thought that was the original version. Yeah, or and Andrew I, Wainwright or uh, yeah. Pentatonix did it recently, and they fucking demolished it. Like, or whoever who did it for the uh, Shrek soundtrack. Uh, it was, I think it was Wainwright. Uh, okay, but it might have been the Buckley version. Because uh, I remember it being on the Shrek soundtrack and being like, "This." And is, now that's what it is. is right? It's like people, people are like, you know, that song from Shrek, which sucks mm-hmm. for Leonard Cohen because like, 
even though Shrek outshadowed everything that every person that was ever on it, every song in history, every, yeah. everything, Shrek yes. became the the source point for all those things. It became yeah, and also it's really affected like kind of the whole fetish online community. Just really have seen, I've seen, I've seen Shrek. You've never you've never seen Shrek porn, Nathan? Actually, I haven't. No. Oh, okay. Well, is it right. good? What do you I mean, recommend? No, it's, it's, it's horrifying. <laughs> it was uh, Rufus Wainwright. His Rufus Wainwright, movie. yeah. Yeah, my bad. Uh, John Cale's version appeared in the film. Oh, that's weird. They put Rufus Wainwright on the album, on the soundtrack album, but John Cale was the one who did it in the film. I hate that. Or that's there's like weird. a version. Oh. like Wainwright was um, an artist for DreamWorks and Cale was not. Interesting. So Cale's could not be on the soundtrack. That's fascinating. Stupid. I, I, I hate that. I hate that kind of shit. Just like, um, I forget the name of the Arcade Fire song. Um, it's one of their earliest songs. And there's like an acoustic version they did for the trailer for Where the Wild Things Are. Mm. But the the album version is on the soundtrack and the acoustic version just doesn't exist. It's only, you have to literally watch that trailer for to, to hear it. It just annoys me. It's like, just put it on Spotify, man. And like I would put, uh, I, and this may be hot take that people disagree with. I would put "Sound of Silence" in that where I don't like this the Garfunkel fucking version. I don't I don't like it at all. But the mm -hmm. Disturbed version is amazing. And like if you Google <laughs> "Sound of Silence," it comes up with the Disturbed version. Like that's what people want to hear because that's the better yeah. version, in my opinion. Uh, and apparently, in the, at least a couple other people's opinions. Uh, hot take here: uh, the Disturbed version is very good, very well executed but it's overproduced mm -hmm. and it, it kind of sounds i don't know fake which i don't like because that's kind of the opposite messaging of the song the song is about like i don't know kind of going back to nature a little bit i, don't I mean but i think it's that. i don't think it's very controversial to say that garfunkel on his own wasn't like a very good artist you know i mean he definitely needed paul simon he didn't realize that he was, needed paul it simon. simon it was technically simon and garfunkel but oh that's true but uh, I'm just saying, just anytime you're like, well, I don't think Garfunkel's version was that good. It's like, yeah, well, <laughs> Garfunkel sucks. He he needed Paul Simon. He needed Paul Simon to be relevant. I, yeah, I would say like the original better, to be honest. Uh, wow. I think it, I think it's got more charm to it and the vocal harmonies. I just really like. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm not gonna say that the Disturbed Stinger is not far more. He, he's a much much better singer. You know, like, the, yeah. the, like, there's no question about that. He has much more talent. I, I feel like the tone even is better in the disturbed version. Like the tone in the Simon Garfunkel version isn't isn't right for the song. I feel like I feel like some people get a person's art like better than they themselves get the and like they're able to express it in a way that supersedes like their the artist's original uh, mm -hmm. original point. I think there's some impetus for that. I remember listening to like a interview with a, he's like a music producer and there was some song that some lady was singing and like she had come up with it and he was listening to her, her sing it and it's just like, this doesn't sound good, but what, why, what is it? Oh, she thinks she's singing over these chords, but it's actually these chords. So let me mm. actually change the chords here. Oh, now this sounds perfect. And that's mm -hmm. number one hit for like, I don't know, a good while. Oh, like that house mm -hmm. episode. But sometimes people 
they they have this like idea of what they're playing to or what the background is or what it is but really the course they're playing to is actually wrong and they're playing to the course that are in the head not that ones they're actually using so sometimes it just takes someone to actually like kind of see it and realize what they're trying to do and actually execute on that thing Hmm. that's always super interesting to me now this might be a controversial take but i think um the only living boy in new york is a way better song than either version of sound of silence that I wouldn't know. I think the you I never heard the only, the only living that, boy in New York by Sonic. I Garfield? have once, and it was covered by Matthew Drew, <laughs> and that is the only context I, I have for that song. I would argue that Matthew Drew's version is better than is either of those an versions. Awesome song, Sound of Silence. Does it. <laughs> yeah, but you should. Uh, you've never seen the movie Garden State because it plays in the movie Garden State. Uh, where can they listen to that version of from Matthew Drew? Is it on SoundCloud? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the, the O Moses, the official O Moses SoundCloud. Um, yeah, I, is it on that one? SoundCloud. I think it should be. <laughs> but I think yeah. it's on Matt's, which is under Matthew Drew Music. Matthew Drew Music. So check it out there. Uh, Matthew's great. Uh, but. I haven't heard that version. Uh, now that is one thing where there's certain songs which are kind of like say high ranked high tier, but then mm-hmm. often the actual fan base of that artist will often kind of denigrate them. So like for instance, people will talk about Pink Floyd and you know, casual fans will be like, oh yeah, I love uh, you know, yeah, we'll say some song like Money, right? I love the song Money, and then people who are like more real fans. They'd be like, no, Dogs is the best, or like. There's a certain it's a little bit gatekeeping there, or say with the Beatles, like there's certain very popular Beatles songs that people talk about, but then like people who are like hardcore Beatles fans will often kind of denigrate the songs that people will claim as being super great. Poppy Beatles is garbage. Uh, what? What? Uh, I I don't think we have enough time in this episode to discuss that meter. Uh, yeah, we we need to talk. In, in part two of three or four of this episode.